Hello, my friends. Michael Youssef here, and I just wanted to thank you for connecting with Leading the Way. Our entire team is wholly committed to passionately proclaiming uncompromising truth of God's Word, and it cannot be done without you. Learn more about what God has charged us to do around the world by clicking around ltw.org. That's ltw.org. Thank you, and may God richly bless you as you seek to serve Him. One of the greatest challenge to all of us, to me, to you, to all believers, is to be able to recognize Jesus in the middle of the storm. The one thing I think that stumps just about all of us is that capacity to be able to recognize the Lord Jesus in the midst of perplexing times. And I pray that this Word of God will imprint in all of our hearts, I am neither a prophet nor a son of a prophet, but I sense in my spirit that tougher days seem to be ahead of us. Recognizing Jesus in the midst of the storms of life is neither unique to us nor is it just for us. It's not new. This was a problem even of the disciples. They walked with Jesus. They talked with Jesus. They ate with Jesus. But this was a problem for them. In Matthew chapter 14, particularly verses 24 and 25, There we are told that Jesus came to the disciples in the middle of the storm, and He was walking on the water. It's a very familiar story. In fact, very familiar miracle even to unbelievers, and they make joke and fun of it. He came in the middle of the storm walking on the water, and they thought He was a ghost. Now let me ask you, please, don't let your familiarity with this passage rob you of the new insight that God has for us in this day, for this time, and this hour. I'm going to give you a perspective on this particular incident that took place on the Lake of Galilee. But let me give you first the background. The background is this. Jesus had just become very popular with the crowd. Jesus' fame was riding high. Jesus had just fed thousands upon thousands of people with only a few loaves and fishes. Jesus had become so popular with the crowd that the religious leaders began to see Him as a threat. Always the case. So, persecution began in earnest, right in the middle of popularity. King Herod beheaded John the Baptist for a belly dancer. And when Jesus heard of John the Baptist's death, He went away to be alone with His Father, presumably to grieve over the death of John the Baptist. Why? Because Jesus loved John the Baptist. Jesus and John the Baptist were first cousins. Jesus and John the Baptist were childhood companions, boyhood companions. And Jesus was grieving over John the Baptist's death. And it was at this precise moment that Jesus told His disciples, get in a boat 
and meet me on the other side of the Lake of Galilee. So the disciples, under clear, direct command from the Master, they get in the boats to go to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. I want you to listen to me very carefully, please. Hear me right on this one. You and I may face unexpected storms. And I say unexpected because when the disciples got on that boat, the water probably was like glass. There was not a sign of wind. There was not a sign of a storm anywhere around. It was totally unexpected, but they went in obedience to the Master. You and I face many unexpected storms. You and I face many unpredictable circumstances in our lives. You and I may begin a day like September 11, 2001, full of joy, full of hope. The sun was shining. The grass was green. We are full of expectations. We are full of optimism. And then, wham, the storm takes place. Only experiencing the unexpected happened on Jesus' watch. Always the unexpected happens on Jesus' watch. I'm going to explain that in a minute. I want you to listen carefully. Now, the disciples lived with Jesus. They ate with Jesus. They knew Jesus intimately. They heard His heart beat. They walked with Him. But in the middle of the storm, they failed to recognize Him. They failed to recognize who He was. And it's the same with us. It is easy to sense the presence of God in the church. It is easy to sense the presence of God in prayer and praise. It is easy to sense the presence of God in answered prayers. It is easy to sense the presence of God when uh, you are serving Him and ministering in His power. It is easy, but here's the question. What happens when you at night alone? But what about the darkest moment in your family's troubles? What about when your financial future looks like to be in jeopardy? What about when you have lost your dearest and your nearest? What about when fear begins to grip you like a vice? What about when you reach out and touch someone, and that someone is not there? What about when the stormy times of life, with the darkest moment of your life, with the dreariest time of your life, you look around and all that you see is darkness and dreariness? What about that time? What about the times when the waves are 10 feet high, and it looks like your ship is about to capsize? What about that time? Do you recognize Jesus then? The disciples didn't. But you know what? Before you start blaming them, be patient. (laughs) Before you start blaming them, we, 2,000 years later, do exactly the same thing. Every one of us. Why? They were so wrapped up with their moment of struggle. They were so wrapped up with the tossing of the wave and and felt the threat of death. They were listening to the howling winds. They were looking at the thunder and the lightning in the sky. They They were literally squinting through the pelting rain. And then when they saw Jesus, they thought He was a ghost. 
If September 11, 2001 reminds us of anything, it reminds us of this fact. Listen to me, beloved friends. It reminds us that just as we think that things are running smoothly, wow, the storm hits. Just when we think that the economy is about to recover, wham, the storm hits. Just as we think that we've got all under control, we discover that we're not in control at all. Just as we think that we are on top of the world, there comes the fall. Just as we begin to think that we are riding high, there comes the trouble. Hear this incident in Matthew 14. The disciples were about to learn probably their toughest lesson, possibly their hardest and yet their greatest lesson. They knew that Jesus could meet their needs. They knew that. They saw Him feed multitudes. Uh, They saw Him paying taxes with money out of a, a, a mouth of a fish. They saw Him heal the sick. They saw Him exercise power over the devil. They saw Him and they heard Him speak the words of life. But... They have never learned to recognize Him in the middle of the storm. What about you? Again, just don't blame the disciples. Because for a long time we have been taking from God's hand. And then we take some more. And we take some more, more, and more. And then we take some more, 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 and more. But when the storm hits, we can't see Him. We don't recognize Him. We take forgiveness for our sins. We take uh, provisions for our needs and even our wants. We take blessings after blessings from His hand. We take multiplying of investments. We take safety and we take security. We take love and we take ministry from His hand. But then when things fall apart... We find it difficult to recognize Jesus, and we think He's a ghost. I want you to look with me very carefully at verses 25, 26, and 27 of Matthew 14. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw Him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It's a ghost! And they cried in fear, but immediately he spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it's I. Fear not. What is fear? Fear is a destructive force that plagues us every time we're down. Fear is that spiritual force that can actually destroy us if we welcome it, and if we host it in our lives. Fear is a demon that harasses us and oppresses us in difficult times. Fear is that spirit of Satan that he unleashes upon us, that plagues us when we're down and discouraged. Fear is that attacking enemy that has no power over us. Fear is that spirit that has no authority over us. Now, beloved, listen. Do you know what the problem with all of us is? And believe me when I say all of us. The problem with all of us is the same as 
problem was with the disciples. They expected Jesus in the blessings. They expected Jesus in the miracles. They expected Jesus in the successes. They expected Jesus in the abundance. They expected Jesus in the happy times. They expected Jesus in the good times, but they did not expect him in the middle of the storm. Oh, deep down, most people wish that he would be there. Deep down, people ask, where are you? Deep down, we wonder, what happened to him? Deep down, we ask and ask and ask, but we don't seem to recognize him. For the disciples, you see, the storm was just an act of nature. To the disciples, the storm was just an unexpected disaster. To the disciples, the storm was just an accident of fate. To the disciples, the storm was just a fearful and lonely time. To the disciples, this storm was just a day and a nightmare that needed to be forgotten and to be gotten over very quickly so we can get back to the real life. But here's the truth. Storms are part of life. Storms are to be expected. But the question is, can you recognize Jesus in the midst of the storm? Why is it important to recognize Jesus in the middle of the storm? Why is it so important? I heard preachers say, oh, it's okay to express your doubt. It's okay to have doubt. Doubt all you want. God will understand. I think it's okay to confess your doubt to the Lord, but it's not good to live in your doubt because it's not of God. And that is why I'm preaching this message today. Listen carefully. The reason why it's so important to recognize Jesus in the midst of the storm because in God there is no fear in Himself. There is no fear in God. You say, why? Why God has no fear? I'm going to explain to you why God has no fear. Because God knows the past, the present, and the future. God has no fear because He controls the past, the present, and the future. The reason God has no fear in Himself is because the future to Him is like the past. So He has no fear in Him whatsoever, and so should His children. His children need not fear because God has no fear in Himself. You know, most of my sermons have several points. Today, I have just one. And I pray to God that He, through the power of His Holy Spirit, to imprint it upon our hearts, our minds, and our hearts. This is not a message that you hear it once. It's a message that you need to hear it all the time. If you forget everything I've said already, I don't want you to forget what I'm going to tell you. I have one point, and the point is this. Be sure to know the difference between ghosts and God. Be sure to know the difference between ghosts and God. If you're unable to distinguish between ghosts and God, you need to ask the Lord to show you that difference. When the storm came upon the disciples, it came suddenly. It came quickly. It came unexpectedly. They did not give a thought to the fact that Jesus was watching them on top of the mountain, looking down, seeing them. 
They did not give a thought to the fact that Jesus always, always, always near. They did not give a thought. They probably actually thought that this ghost was Satan and he's coming to destroy them. They probably questioned Jesus' command to them to go to the other side. Did we hear him right? Is that really true? Do you think that we went the right way? I wonder if he's angry with us. Probably they thought that the Lord Jesus Christ did not tell them that at all. They probably asked, why? Why is this happening to us when we have given everything to follow Him? Why is that happening to me? Why? Why? They probably thought that where is Jesus when they need Him the most? They said, where is Jesus when it hurts so much? Probably asked the question of one of my books, if God really is in control, why is my life such a mess? That was my biography, by the way. (laughs) Please hear me right. When you are in the midst of the storm, it is easy to mistake Jesus for a ghost. It is easy. Ghosts are imaginary. Ghosts are unreal. Ghosts in our lives are those wild imaginations that make our storms to be greater than they really are. Ghosts in our lives are the, the getting carried away with wild thinking and, and vivid imagination. Ghosts in our lives are the distorted reality that makes the storms of life to be far bigger than they really are. And the one ghost in our lives that most often attacks us is the ghost of doubt that is doubting the promises of God. Well, think about it. Just think about it for a minute. Think with me in terms of this incident. Now, one of the disciples said, now, wait a minute, guys. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Jesus said to meet him on the other side. No one of them said, well, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Jesus did not say that our ministry is over. Jesus did not say that we have fulfilled and completed our mission. Jesus did not say that he will not see us again. He said, I'll meet you on the other side. And no storm is going to stop him. Jesus said, I'll meet you on the other side, and there are no waves that are going to hinder him. Jesus said, I'll see you on the other side, and no rain is going to hamper him. Jesus said, I'll meet you on the other side, and he always, always, always keeps his word. Not one of them said that. What is happening here? I believe the Lord was teaching them, and I believe with all my heart the Lord is teaching us this day to trust Him in the middle of the storm of life, to recognize Him in the middle of the thunder and lightning of life, to see Him in the middle of pelting rains, to believe in His promises in the middle of anger and frustration. I want you to notice one thing here. It says, Jesus came in the fourth watch of the night. Do you know what that is? Do you know what the fourth watch is? The fourth watch is just before dawn. 
It's the worst possible time. It's a time when all hope begins to fade. (laughs) At that time, Jesus comes. Why? (laughs) Because Jesus knew that only in the most desperate hour that His children are ready to know and to trust Him. Because Jesus knew that until the full fury of the storm is engulfing them, they were not ready to recognize Him. Because Jesus knew that only when they had reached the limit of their endurance will they be ready to invite Him into their ship. Isn't that what's happening with us? We think we can do things. And God can't move when we think we can do things. He waits until we declare bankruptcy and say we have no strength of our own. We have no brilliance of our own. We have no intelligence of our own. We have no ability of our own. No wonder the Lord Jesus said to Paul, it is when you are weak that you are strong. So those who love the Lord Jesus must learn to recognize Him in the middle of the storm. Those who love Jesus must learn to distinguish between ghosts and God. Ghosts of fear, not of God. Ghosts of doubt, not of God. Ghosts of anxiety, not of God. Ghosts of denial of reality, not of God. Ghosts of indifference, not of God. Ghosts of unbelief, not of God. Not of God. But you know what? I believe I have another word from the Lord to those of you who turn to Him only in times of trouble, and then you ignore Him in the times of calm. I have a word from the Lord for those who seek Him only when they're desperate, and then they forget all about Him in the good times. I have a word from the Lord. Listen carefully. God will answer your prayers. God will come to your aid. God will endow you with His peace. Why? Because God wants you to see His love and His mercy and His grace. Because God wants His love, His mercy, and His grace and His answer to your prayers to take place because He wants a permanent relationship with you. Not only in the times of trouble. God answers your prayer and the prayers of those who only remember Him in times of trouble. Not because He doesn't know the heart. Not because He does not know what you're going to do next. No. But because He wants His mercy and grace to woo you to Himself. And if you keep coming to God only in the times of trouble, and then you run away from Him in the good times, listen to me very carefully, my friend. If you only... Put your trust in Him in the difficult times, but in the good times, He's not the King of your life. Listen carefully. God's mercy to you, God's grace to you, 
God answering of your prayers will serve as witnesses against you in the day of judgment. The Bible tells us that if this kind of cheap repentance persists, these folks' judgment is going to be far greater than any storm in life. I believe God wants to get your attention. I believe God is speaking to you in the midst of the storm. I believe God is saying to you, do not misinterpret my patience as weakness. Do not confuse my mercy as a lack of concern for the way you live your life. Do not mistake my love by taking it for granted. Let me tell you this true story, and then I'm going to conclude. There was a woman who was driving at nighttime on an expressway. And as she looked in her rearview mirror, she noticed a big truck right behind her. So she began to speed because she thought she could get away from the truck. And the more she would speed, the more the truck would speed. And the faster she would go, the faster the truck follows her. At that point, she became terrified. She became anxious. So she exited from the freeway. The truck did the same thing, followed her and exited from the freeway. She drove into the main street, hoping that she would lose him somewhere in the traffic. The truck driver ran red lights in order to keep up with her. Reaching the point of absolute panic, the woman whipped her car into a service station, and she bolted out of her car screaming for help. The truck driver, with the same speed, sprung out of his truck toward her car. He opened the back door, and he yanked out a man who was hiding in the back seat. The woman was running from the wrong person. Being high up on the truck, he could see down that there was a man hiding in the back seat that she could not see. She was running from the wrong person. And if you're running away from God, you are running from the wrong person. You're running from the wrong person. God is pursuing you because He loves you. God is pursuing you because He is watching over you. God is pursuing you because He wants you to trust Him. He wants you to receive salvation from His hand. He wants you to receive eternal life from His hand. Don't run from the wrong person. Don't confuse ghosts with God. Shall we pray? You often hear me say, this is a sacred moment. This is a holy moment. You heard the voice of God, God speaking to you. If you hear the message and you do nothing with it, this message will serve as a testimony against you in the day of judgment. So let me plead with you. Let me ask you, have you been running away from God? Have you known God in the past and you turned and got busy with life and all 
the things of life. Or you have never, ever committed your life to Jesus Christ. This is the moment. This is the hour. Let me plead with you. Do not postpone it. You do not know the day or the hour when you will be face to face with Jesus. Take a moment. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you. I've been running away from you. Forgive me. Forgive my sins. I have only cried to you in the times of need. Now I want to have a permanent relationship with you. Accept me into your fold. That I may be your daughter, your son. Member of your family. Thank you, Jesus, that you promised. When I come to you, you come to me. Thank you that you promised that when I confess my sins, you'll forgive them. Thank you that when I come to you, you give me eternal life. I thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen.